Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson. Welcome to Motivational Moments. I am simply excited about today's podcast. I will be focusing on the United States Navy Chaplain Corps, and I want to provide to you some of the requirements and also what a Navy Chaplain actually does serving the men and women of the armed forces. So please make sure uh, to check on the segments that will follow uh, this episode focusing on the Naval Chaplain Corps. Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson. Thank you for being a part of this podcast motivational moments and specifically this segment which is going to focus on the requirements to become a navy chaplain i am absolutely grateful to god for the opportunity to serve the men and women of the navy coast guard and marine corps as a navy chaplain allow me to share some of the requirements uh, to become a navy chaplain there are at least two ways that you can become a Navy chaplain. One is direct commission, and then the second is chaplain candidate program. Let's start with the direct commission. You'll need to possess a bachelor's degree that has at least 120 semester hours from an accredited institution. And then you will need to also possess a graduate degree that has at least 72 hours in general religion theology, religious philosophy, ethics, or foundational writings from one's traditional uh, religion. 48 units of the graduate degree must be taken in residency. Now, what that simply means is you will not be able to uh, meet this requirement with an online master divinity or graduate degree. 48 hours units rather of your degree must be taken in residency. Every chaplain has to have an endorsed agency, an agency that is recognized by the Department of Defense. Most mainstream uh, denominations have an endorsing agent. Now, if you are not a part of a mainstream denomination or you don't see uh, your organization listed under the Department of Defense recognize endorsing agencies, then what you will have to do is to go through that list and find an endorsing agency that aligns with your particular doctrinal beliefs. But an endorsement is required in order to be a naval chaplain. The next thing is you'll need to have at least two years of professional ministerial leadership as a pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, or some leadership role uh, in a church to demonstrate that you have led in a religious environment. You will need to be at least, well, below 42 years old. Now, understand there are waivers. There are always waivers. And so waivers are extended to those persons who may be over 42 years old, but the Navy sees that you uh, are, would be an asset 
to the Naval Chaplaincy, even though you may exceed the age limit. Now, if you have prior military service, then that military service will help you that even if you're over 42, as long as you can retire within 20 years, and that's subtracting your prior military service, then you are able to come in even over the age of 42. And then you decide whether you want to serve as an active duty Navy chaplain or a reserve duty Navy chaplain. So after you review all of these requirements for direct commission, your next step would be to contact a Navy chaplain recruiter, and they're located throughout the country. And uh, if that is something that you are interested in, then why not send me an email to this podcast, and then I can provide you with the appropriate Navy chaplain recruiter. Now, that's, those are the requirements for the direct commission program. The second option is the chaplain candidate program, which is the one that I actually entered into the Navy. This program is for persons who may not have already uh, earned a master divinity or a uh, religious graduate degree, but you will enroll in an accredited institution to earn your graduate degree. And so what the Navy does is, is the Navy allows you to uh, apply to become a chaplain candidate. And what happens is, for the process, you will see a Navy chaplain recruiter. They will provide you with the application. You will have a thorough medical examination. You will also have a background check and security check. All of those things will come together and comprise of your application. And then it will be sent to what we call the care board in Washington, D.C. at the Pentagon, and they will review your records. This also includes your resume and your transcripts. And they will make a determination from your paperwork whether or not uh, you would be able to proceed in the chaplain candidate program. What they're looking at is based on your experience and based upon your education and your performance with your uh, transcripts, your professional um, experiences, if you would be a likely candidate to become a Navy chaplain, active duty, or reserve. As a chaplain candidate, you have to maintain a 3.0 GPA and you have to remain a full-time student in your graduate program. And then throughout the year, generally in the summer, uh, you will attend training that will teach you how to become a naval officer and also what it means to be a Navy chaplain. When you accept it as a chaplain candidate, you are generally um, commissioned as an ensign. That is the first level rank uh, for the United States Navy. And you'll take an oath of office and you will be in the reserve duty. Not active, but inactive 
And so when you come aboard for training, um, then you will have uh, some benefits at that point during your training evolution. You'll also need that endorsing agency as well as I described for the direct commission program. Once you have earned your uh, master's degree, then you will do something that we refer to as supersede. You will place um, a request in uh, to supersede to become either an active duty Navy chaplain or a reserve chaplain. In this instance, now you're going to do a face-to-face -face interview with several chaplains in the Pentagon. And this is the same thing for those that apply through the direct commission program. It is an in-person interview with several chaplains and they're going to ask you different questions about your experience, about how do you believe that you will function as a Navy chaplain if selected. And then upon selection, then you will then be on active duty or reserve. And from there, you'll begin to serve your country as a Navy chaplain. So those are some of the requirements for number one, the direct commission program. This means you already have your degree. You already meet the degree requirements and you simply need to go to a Navy chaplain recruiter, submit all of your information, um, have your medical examination done and completed in security clearance, and then they will notify you for an interview. And then we also share with you uh, regarding the chaplain candidate program, which is a longer program. It gives you the opportunity to earn your, your master divinity or your graduate degree in religion. Uh, and then upon graduation, then you're able to supersede and then you too would be able to have an in-person interview at the Pentagon. I hope this information has been helpful to you and I hope that you will pray and allow the Lord to minister to your heart. It is a wonderful opportunity to serve the men and women of the military from your own experience, your religious beliefs and to be present with those who may not have anyone else during their times of need. Please consider it and ask the Lord if the Naval Chaplaincy is something that you can embark upon for the kingdom of God. This has been Motivational Moments, and our segment has been on the requirements for the Naval Chaplaincy. God bless. This is Dr. Kevin Jackson, Motivational Moments. Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson, and yes, I am excited to talk to you today as it relates to the different things that Naval chaplains do in the Coast Guard, Navy, and the Marine Corps. So I'm excited about this segment today. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Navy chaplains uh, are unique from the chaplains that serve in the Army and in the Air Force we actually serve three additional branches. We serve Navy, we serve the Coast Guard, we serve the Marine Corps, and we also serve the Merchant Marines as well. 
So it's very diverse, and even uh, the different uh, platforms in which you will serve upon is versatile as well. It could be on shore duty at a chapel. It can be at a training squadron. Uh, it can be on a ship. It could be in a number of places, uh, serving with the Marines while they're out uh, in the field. It is a very diverse field of ministry to our men and women of the military. So this segment, I want to focus on one of our core capabilities. The Chaplain Corps has four core capabilities. They include provision, facilitation, to care, and advisement. Those are the four pillars or core capabilities of the Naval Chaplaincy. Provision, to provide, to facilitate, to care, and to advise. This segment is going to focus on the chaplain providing. What do I mean by provision? Provision simply means you are going to provide religious services to those of your faith group. So let's talk in the context of a chapel ministry. So if you were detailed or assigned to work in a chapel on a naval station, what you will do is you will provide religious services in that chapel. Very similar to what you would do if you were functioning as a pastor in a civilian church. A chapel is very interesting because it's not always uh, people that are ten there are not always from one denomination. In fact, they can be Episcopalians, Methodists, Baptists, a wide gamut of Christian denominations, and you will serve as their pastor. You will preach Bible study, programs, children programs, just about everything that you would see in the context of a civilian church, you would function as the pastor of that chapel as a Navy chaplain. You'll still pray for people. You'll do counseling with your congregants. Everything that you've learned through your graduate training in seminary, your experience in the civilian sector of the church, will come to play as you function as a chaplain and you provide religious services for those of your faith group. Now, within that chapel, there can actually be a Church of Christ service, or it can be a non-denominational service. It can be a Pentecostal service. And you do not necessarily have to do all of the different services, you can provide opportunities for other denominations to worship in that facility as well. So provision simply means you are providing religious services for those of your faith group. And this is on a regular basis. Now, Navy chaplains also serve on ships. So it's the same concept, even on a naval vessel. You will provide religious services for those of your faith group. 
even while the sailors are underway on deployment or just out to sea for some workup exercises, if you're serving with the Coast Guard, you will be responsible for providing religious services for those of your faith group in the different sectors that you're assigned to. Navy chaplains that serve in the Coast Guard are giving different regions called sectors that they are responsible for uh, in the Coast Guard. And then in the Marine Corps, you will be assigned uh, a unit, or perhaps you'll be assigned um, a unit that is on deployment, and you will provide those religious services in that context, which could be in the desert. It could be uh, a number of places. You will still provide those religious services. So this is a unique opportunity to bring the experiences that you have gained from your experience in the church into the context of the military. You can conduct prayer services. You can have a choir, musicians, and generally your musicians are actually on contract. So they provide those services for you because they are actually employees. As you are providing religious services, chaplains work with religious specialists, RPs, and they assist in setting up the sanctuary for your religious service, wherever that may be, whether it's on a ship, whether it's out in the field, whether it's in one of the sectors on a Coast Guard cutter, which is one of its ships. The RPs are there to provide that assistance to the chaplain to ensure that the religious services are set up and conducted uh, in a manner according to the chaplain's faith. So as a chaplain, you're not required to provide religious services different from your faith. It's all about what you bring to the context, to the military, from your experiences. What you're literally saying is, uh, I'm a Methodist preacher, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, and I'm going to provide religious services from my perspective, from my training and my experiences. And I'm offering this to those military members who want to participate in those services. So that is provision. That is what our chaplains provide from their own experiences to the military members in Navy, Coast Guard, and Marine Corps. Well, this has been a, a session focused primarily on the core capability provision as a Navy chaplain. Thank you for listening to Motivational Moments with Dr. Kevin Jackson. Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson, and thank you once again as we focus on uh, sharing about naval chaplaincy, and we've already shared the requirements to become a Navy chaplain, and our segment prior to this focused on one of the core capabilities to provide. Today's segment is going to focus on to facilitate.
That's another responsibility of a Navy chaplain. Different from provision. Provision means that I'm providing religious services to those of my faith group. To facilitate simply means that the Navy chaplain is responsible for facilitating religious services for those that are not of his or her faith group. Now, let me explain and define what facilitate means. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you are conducting services. Uh, you're a Christian and you're conducting Jewish services. No. What it means as a facilitator, what you do is you help facilitate getting a credentialed individual or group organization to provide religious services to the military members that are not of your faith group. For example, I am a Christian chaplain. So if the need arises that there is a group of Jewish service members who desire to have a Jewish worship service, I will facilitate that. So these are the things that I will do. Uh, there are requirements, and so there are papers and forms that must be completed just to ensure that that specific group meets the requirement of what is considered to be a religious group. And then I would seek, seek out a rabbi. Find this rabbi and facilitate, um, help them uh, have a facility a place, a time period in which they can provide that Jewish worship service with those Jewish service members so that they can worship. Because military members are giving the freedom. They have the right to worship and express their beliefs within a worship service. So that core capability to facilitate simply means I ensure that those members who are not of my faith group have a credentialed individual, a space, an opportunity to experience their particular religious service or worship experience as a military member. I am not conducting their services. I am not participating in it in any way, but it is a powerful responsibility to show the military member that you are their chaplain and you care about them as an individual even if they're not a part of your own particular faith group you see the importance in that member having the right to worship within his or her own faith group so that is the core capability to facilitate. Thank you for listening today to Motivational Moments and this segment that focused on how to facilitate as a Navy chaplain. God bless. This is Dr. Jackson. Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson and thank you 
for being a part of motivational moments as we focus on the Naval Chaplaincy. I have simply just enjoyed sharing with you something that's very near and dear to my heart as a Navy Chaplain, uh, sharing with you the requirements to become a Naval Chaplain, and then sharing with you information regarding the core capabilities of the Naval Chaplain. Core capabilities just simply mean what our core responsibilities are. So I've shared with you in previous uh, segments uh, to provide religious services for those of our faith group and then also to facilitate the religious services of those who are not of our faith group. The third core capability is to care. Chaplains are called to care. And from my perspective, what that means is, is that the chaplain wants to live life with the military member to be there in their lives when it matters, with what matters, and whenever that is needed. So as a chaplain, it doesn't matter whether that person has religion or not. My job is to care for that individual when that individual is hurting, going through some difficult things. Family is disrupted. They're coming off a deployment and they don't know what to do. There may have been some issues at home while they were on deployment. Perhaps they have a religious or spiritual dilemma. My job is to care for that individual. There's something that we hold dear to in the Naval Chaplains, and it's called the ministry of presence. And what that simply means is there are some times where I don't need to say anything but just be present with the individual. You can imagine serving in a hospital as a Navy chaplain and that individual may be going through some difficult challenges, maybe even cancer. And there are times when Walk into that hospital room that you don't need to say anything. You don't need to offer a scripture or any of those things. All you need and all that person needs from you at that point in time is for you to be present. Now, as a Christian, you are the representation of Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. That presence is powerful. And it's powerful because you don't have to say a word. You're just being there. That's caring for the military member when they lose family members, when they have a death in the family, when their child is sick. It means to really live life with that individual, to counsel them when they need counseling, to just listen to them when they need someone to listen to them. A part of this, um, to care, includes what chaplains possess that no other entity in the military possesses, and that is called confidentiality. Military chaplains have a 100% confidentiality. And what that means is, is when an individual comes to my office and says, hey, Chaps, Chaps is a name that we, a name of endearment, endearment, I'm sorry, a name of endearment. Uh, it means that they recognize you as their chaplain. So they'll come to my office and say, hey, chaps, I need to sit down and talk to you, but I need it to be 
confidential. Chaplains keep secrets. Members have the key to privilege information. A person can come to me as a Navy chaplain and confess anything. You can think of the most heinous things or the most simple thing. As a naval chaplain, military members and their dependents are given a hundred percent confidentiality. There is nothing that they can tell me that I cannot keep as a secret. Now, if a person is coming to me, they're most likely coming to seek answers or direction and guidance. But if they decide that they want their conversation to be 100% confidential, I hold it as 100% confidential. No one can get that information. I'm not placed on any court stand to provide any testimony or any of those things. 100% confidentiality. Now, the person also has the option to say, chaps, this is not going to be a confidential uh, conversation. Or they can start off it being a confidential conversation, and then they can say, Chaps, you can share the information that I spoke to you. And then there's a form that we can provide an individual to release us from uh, confidential conversations. So you can see that this is one of those weighty parts of being a Navy chaplain. Here's the simple part. Chaplains keep secrets. And this is a part of caring for the military member, being present in their lives when it matters, where it matters, and with what matters. Thank you for coming and sharing on this podcast. I hope that it has been informative to you as I try my very best to share the very essence of naval chaplaincy. And this segment specifically focused on the core capability to care. Thank you for joining with me on Motivational Moments with Dr. Kevin Jackson. Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, Motivational Moments, as I continue to share as much information as possible about the Naval Chaplaincy. Today's segment is going to be on the final core capability, and that is to advise. So we've shared with you the requirements of naval chaplaincy. We've shared with you the first three uh, core capabilities to provide, to facilitate, and to care. Today is about advisement. One of the great things that you will experience as a naval chaplain is that you have the opportunity to interact with other communities. Many times your boss, who we refer to as the commanding officer or CO or skipper on a ship, uh, air squadron or air station, that is the individual that you work for. And there are a host of other persons that you will work with as well who are naval officers and enlisted personnel as well. But when you have that relationship with the commanding officer or with a department head, One of the roles that you will play as a Navy chaplain is to provide advisement to leaders. You can see it from the perspective of Nathan and David, the prophet 
speaking to the leader, the king, about the different circumstances and situations that were taking place in the kingdom, where it correlates also with the naval chaplain. My job as a Navy chaplain is to advise the commander on the morale of his unit or command, to keep him abreast of things that he needs to be concerned with. I am never to share any confidential information, but the information that I am able to share is to provide that commander with that information. You have to establish that relationship with that commander and ensure that that commander trusts you. You are the person that's speaking in the ear of the leader regarding his or her people, what's taking place in their command, how to improve those environments. Let's say, for example, if there's a hostile environment in one of the departments. Well, as a part of your job as a chaplain, we do something that's called deck plate ministry, which simply means getting out and about, meeting people on a consistent basis, developing relationships. And so let's say that I go into a department and it's very hostile. The leadership there is very hostile. One of my responsibility is to advise that particular leader and to advise that commanding officer about the morale of the people there, the essential elements of what's going on there, and to provide him or her with solutions, with suggestions or recommendations that would improve that particular work environment. So it is a very close relationship if the relationship is there, if it can be established. I must tell you there may be times where a commander may not respect uh, the work that a chaplain provides. But in general, most commanders understand and respect the fact that you are to be that person that he or she can count on to ensure that their people are good and that if there are any problems, that there is an opportunity for the chaplain to share that information and to provide possible recommendations as well. So the command advises on a number of issues based upon whatever those situations are. And that is the final uh, core capability of a naval chaplain. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that the information regarding those core capabilities in each one of those segments have been informative and beneficial to you as you perhaps try to make a decision of whether or not the Lord is calling you to serve as a Navy chaplain. God bless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, Motivational Moments, with Dr. Kevin Jackson. Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Jackson, and thank you for becoming a part of this podcast today on Motivational Moments. I have been having a ball sharing with you uh, the essence of naval chaplaincy, and hopefully you've had the opportunity to review the previous segments 
one that focused on the requirements, and then the core capabilities, provision, facilitation, care, and advisement. Today, I just want to share with you, in general, the chaplain's ministry in just about every aspect that I can that wasn't covered in the previous segments. Let me share with you about my call to the Naval Chaplaincy. I have served in ministry for over 17 years. That include pastoring, uh, teaching at a Christian school, the principal at a Christian school, taught Bible classes, biology and chemistry and science. Um, and so I enjoyed that. Then there came a time where I heard the Lord say something to me and it was absolutely amazing. Let me give you some other information as a backdrop as well. I was a naval officer. Uh, I went through Savannah State College on a full four-year naval scholarship. And after graduating with a degree in biology, I went into the Supply Corps. And I served until 2001 and got out as a lieutenant to do full-time ministry, to pastor uh, and to do ministry work. And so I had been in ministry, full-time ministry for 17, almost 17 years. The Lord called me to Naval Chaplaincy because I had no desire to go back into the military. And so I was considering what did I need to be doing in the next five to 10 years as we were doing as ministers a reflection about the call of God upon our lives. And the Lord said something very specific to me. I thought that my wife and I would be going to the mission field. I love missions and I serve as a missionary uh, to Haiti. Haiti has a special place uh, in my heart. The Lord said this to me. He said, I am sending you to a mission field where you know the language and you know how to navigate the environment. I am sending you to the Navy as a Navy chaplain. When the Lord spoke that to me, it was profound. It made sense. My mission field would not necessarily be Haiti, but it would be the United States Navy, the Marine Corps, and the Coast Guard. And so the Lord shared with me, he said, you will be the conscious of your command wherever you are stationed. And God has been faithful to that. Perhaps you may sense a call of God on your life to be a Navy chaplain. Give it some time. Pray about it. Share it with those that love you the most, that hear from God. And then if that is what you believe the Lord is calling you to do, I invite you to make that next step. And that's to contact a Navy recruiter. The ministry as a chaplain, and I've spoken about it before, really revolves around the ministry of presence. It's being where I need to be, when I need to be there, and bringing what is needed at that time. There have been times that I've just needed to be standing, not saying anything, and the person got what they needed with just the chaplain being there. Then there are other times that I've had to speak with individuals, counsel individuals, share with them 
from the word of God help them during some very tumultuous times in their lives. As a Navy chaplain, many times you will deal with persons who may have some challenges in their life. It could be their marriage. It could be their family. It could be finances. It could be the job itself. It could be relationships with other persons. It could be some things that go against everything that you believe is right. But that person may still come to you because they believe that you can help them. So everyone that you help, you won't, you won't necessarily agree with whatever is going on in their life. But your role as a Navy chaplain is to be that person that can bring some sobriety to a chaotic situation. It may include a person who may be suicidal. You'll have training in how to approach that kind of situation. It could be a person who has been sexually violated, raped. But you'll have training in your counseling experience from the civilian sector in a church will certainly come into play in what you've learned from your seminary training on counseling. You'll have the opportunity to lead marriage retreats for couples. Now, they're not always in the context of a Christian marriage retreat, though elements of it are certainly there. You'll have the opportunity to conduct family retreats and individual or resiliency retreats as well. Naval chaplaincy provides so many opportunities to help people reach the goals that they have established for their lives. If you're looking for an adventure, whether it's serving on a naval vessel, whether it's at a squadron with the pilots, or in a school setting or training chaplains, whether it's in the Pentagon, in that context with the Marines or on a Coast Guard ship, the Naval Chaplaincy provides you with a diverse work environment so that you can still provide ministry in different contexts. I have not regretted the decision to hear the call of God to military chaplaincy. It has been a tremendous blessing in my life and in my family's life. I hope that you will consider if you have that call to the chaplaincy, and that's very important. If there's no call, then I would advise not to move forward. But if you sense a pulling of God on your heart, then this may very well be the ministry in which you can help people through what you've learned through Jesus Christ and what you've learned from your own spiritual journey. I hope that this information has been helpful to you. And I look forward to 
talking with you, you can certainly email the podcast if you feel that this may be what God is calling you to do. And that's to serve as a Navy chaplain. Thank you for joining me on Motivational Moments with Dr. Kevin Jackson. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's going on? Hey, nothing much. Nothing much. What you what you got going on? Tell me. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Let me know. Thanks. Okay.